ASI247.org. Hello, listeners to the ASI podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode 17, season 5, part 2 with Cash Peters. Yes, listeners, again it is I, Russ, at the helm of the ASI podcast. Um, I hadn't put this up. I, I should have had it up a week, two weeks ago, but it's been a, a difficult season, right? Again, deciding to hunker down and I'm going to get this book right, spoken word book that I'm doing. I'm going to do this. Right? I'm going to get this out. And then, you know, stuff happens. Life happens. Um, my mom passed away and she was 75. All right. So I don't know. Is that young for today? I don't know. You know, she was struggling with dementia for a while and, you know, for a couple of years she just quit eating and my stepfather woke up one morning and the dog started freaking out and my mom wasn't breathing. So he did CPR. The uh, EMTs came in. They did CPR, but they figured that her brain had not uh, had enough oxygen and, you know, they poked her feet and did all that stuff that they do to check if you have cognitive function. And they thought that she was brain dead, basically. And my mom's a DNR. That's something that she decided on. And, you know, that don't resuscitate me if I'm going to be a vegetable. That's not how I want to live. So that's, you know, in my mom's medical records. Um, so they took her off all life support and she was breathing still when they got to the hospital 24 hours goes by she's not she hasn't even had an iv right i mean n- nothing to sustain her food or water or anything like that and 24 hours later she wakes up and my uh, her friend her best friend debbie leans forward, picks up her hand and goes, hi, Helen. And she starts to open her eyes and she looks at Debbie. She says, oh, hi. (laughs) It's like, oh, my gosh. Then she looks around the room and she smiled. Um, She smiled at my Uncle Tom, uh, her brother and, and myself and said stuff and recognized us. And I started freaking out. Right. Like, okay, you guys said she was going to be dead in less than 12 hours, 24 tops. And here we are 24 hours later and she wakes up, opens her eyes, looks around the room, recognizes people. Right. Knows people. She's supposed to be brain dead. Like what? What the heck? You know, and I'm freaking out. I'm kind of angry because the nurse, I'm like, can we get a doctor in here? Right. Let's put her on an IV or something like she may pull out of this. Um. And and the, the doctors were cool, and they had a little meeting, and they sat me down. And my uncle Tom, who also works in a hospital in downtown Seattle, he's a uh, he's worked there most all his life. He he's an IT guy in the hospital, and I'm like looking at this doctor, going, "Man, I don't trust you. I wish I trusted you, but I want to trust you, but I just don't." And and my uncle Tom 
you know, kind of pat me on the back and said, Russ, I trust her and I trust what the staff is doing here. And I realized in that moment that there's this, there's this thing that we have as human beings where we have to know, right? Is that the ego in us trying to control things or trying to, you know, flex its muscles or whatever it is? I want, I want something done. I want you to do something now. Do something. Um, and tell me what's going to happen because I need to know now. And the doctors were doing something, okay? It's, you know, it's not like they're dragging their feet around or whatever I thought. It's like they, they're professionals. They, they've done this before. And it's that certainty addiction, right? Going back to that, that's something I had in religion. Like, I got to study this book so I can, you know, be certain about what I believe. And there's just a lot of stuff we don't know. We don't understand. And the doctor said that, you know, like the doctor's like, hey, this some of this is mystery. I don't know why your mom woke up. I'm not sure. But I do know that, you know, that, that we will take let her take the lead on this as long as she keeps breathing. Yes, we're going to give her an IV. Yes, we're going to, you know, sustain some you know, fluid in her and stuff like that. And and that was difficult because she's not, her body in the state it was in was, yeah, I mean, some of it soaked into her arm and her arm, her hand kind of ballooned up because the IV, her body was, was not able to take the nourishment that they were trying to give her. Um, she couldn't eat solid food because most of the time she was unconscious. Like she would have these conscious moments for, for a little while and then she would go back to sleep and uh 4:30 Sunday morning this was Wednesday last Wednesday that this episode happened um my stepfather Ron calls me and and uh and yeah that's what happened so Sunday morning 4:30 in the morning she uh she stopped breathing and she passed away to to be with the Lord um, it's difficult, you know, your parent dies, that that's where I've been at and trying to process it and trying not to self-medicate. Although I'll be honest, I self-medicate. That's what I've done for years. And, you know, I've talked about that in this show that we need to grieve the pain and the things that have happened to us in the past and, and the, the, the hard stuff. And here I am going through the season where my mom just passed away somewhat suddenly, you know, I, although we could see it coming, uh, my, uh, self-medicator in me. I mean, I cried so much for the first couple of days cause I'm going to feel it right. Like I'm going to practice what I preach or whatever. I don't know what that was about, but I'm going to go ahead and feel it. And, and I cried so much that my face hurt. I mean, I mean, seriously, and I haven't cried as much as I have in the last week in, in many years, probably since my recovery, you know, digging into all this stuff and therapy. But I mean, in one week, I've shed more tears than I, 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 I you know, wanted to feel it, you know, go ahead and feel it. It's difficult, man. 
you know, the recovery stuff I took in, in doses. I, I, you know, I went deeper into my story, into my past and into those hurts and into those pains. Not that we should live in the past. That's not what I'm saying. But when we heal, it's going into some of those places where it's still raw, you know, where you're like the dentist sticks his hook in your mouth and he hits that cavity and you go, ah, right. There's emotional stuff in there that I had to work through, but I could take that in doses. And with this, it's just, oh man, my mom, you know, that's my mom's right. She was a single mom. She raised me as a single mom and my dad married, you know, so it's it's been a difficult week. Yesterday, I I bought a thirty pack of of beer and I drank. I I must have drank a little over a twelve pack. Um, and and you know it was like light beer, right? So I'm not that drunk. I, I was pretty drunk, I, I guess, right? And I did self medicate. And you know what? I didn't cry yesterday, but. Today, right? I'm. I'm. A, I was a little fuzzy. I go to my mom's. We're looking through photos, and my stepdad Ron's like, "I need to get rid of all this stuff. You know, we need to. I don't know. Go through it. See what you want. I'm gonna call the thrift store or somebody. Uh, and and he's, you know, he's dealing with this too. In the hospital, when people were walking in, like a lot of family came in to see my mom. And you could see this process of of grief and pain, emotional pain. You know, my wife and I get there and, and I start with tears and my wife starts crying and then other people come in, they walk in the door and it's like this flood of tears, you know. Each new person, they enter that room and they see my mom in that situation. She's, you know, just hanging on by a thread and, and the tears come and family member after family member for uh, three or four days before she passed away. So, so yeah, you know, me self-medicating yesterday and then today going to my step, my, my mom's house and my stepdad's condo and going through all this stuff and I'm posting pictures on Facebook and I, I went through a bunch of pictures and I'm saving a bunch of pictures on the cloud, right? And cause I don't want to keep this stuff, you know, I, I don't have room and I don't want to be a pack rat with a bunch of photos. That's what I love about the internet is that, you know, that stuff will be on the cloud for, I don't know, however long the cloud exists, but going through that time and those photos, I came back here my wife and I, and she saved some of my mom's stuff, and we had grabbed a few furniture things, and my wife had some dolls that her and my mom liked, and my mom was keeping at her place and whatever. So I, I, I get home. I come down here in the basement. I start a fire because that's how we heat our home was a, a big wood stove down here in the basement, and I just wept. You know, down here, yes, all by myself. And, and I prayed and I wept. And I thought, because I, I, you know, this morning I said, I'm going to finish this Cash Peters part two, this Cash Peters talk with this guy, you know. And uh, 
And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can. But what's funny is that yesterday I put off feeling it again, crying more tears, feeling it. And then today I just, you know, it, this was not more than an hour, maybe an hour and a half ago. I sat in my chair and I just wept. And I feel better, all right? I feel I feel a little better now. I do. Uh, have I been drinking? <laughs> Maybe your question. Yes, I had a beer earlier. I, had a, I have another one in my hand now because I'm thirsty and it's light beer and it's almost water. Uh, but And I had a coffee thing earlier with a little bit of whiskey. I know, you guys may be thinking, oh, well, he's self-medicating, look at him. He's got the one of the highest rated shows on addiction, and here he is self-medicating. You know what? That's where I'm at. I'm just going to be honest with you right here. And maybe if I have my issues with alcohol, I could address those as I uh, continue on my journey, right? Um, but that's that's where I'm at. But I'll tell you what, me weeping and letting myself cry... I feel so much better. I feel like I'm, you know, I picked up the computer and I'm like, my wife said, Hey, I'm going to go back and return some Christmas stuff that she got. And I go, okay. So I, I, I grabbed the computer and I'm down here doing the podcast and, and sharing this with you all and, uh, telling you that yes, my journey of healing continues. And, um, it, it really is, hard to feel it man to let yourself go through the dark night of the soul go through the valley of the shadow of death but you're you're not alone you know that's the that's what I love again about this time of year the christmas season you know there's this kind of plastic i should feel christmasy but the good part of that Yes, it's a sad time. My mom passed away during Christmas time. But again, something I've talked about on this podcast, the darkest, right? The equinox is about the 17th of December. Church fathers who came up with the Christmas holiday. Jesus, you know, historically we know that Jesus probably wasn't born in December. Uh, Just the biblical record and historical record of, you know, the sheep were in the field and, you know, the, the story of the angel meeting the... The, the shepherd, right? This is stuff that happened more in late spring, early summer. But I think the early church fathers were brilliant to put this season in this time because of the darkest, there's light. In the darkest seasons of our lives, there's light. Every time you see a Christmas light, I want you to think of that. That in the darkest times, and that's something I've been realizing, I just... Driving by the Christmas light, we have Christmas lights here. It's not like it was last year or the year before, um, but that we got we still got our Christmas lights up because there's something to that part of the gospel story that during the darkest times of our lives, that's where Christ enters into the story, and that's where the Christ within me, I can tap into. God within me and realize that I'm not alone and that I'm not destitute 
and that I can get up and, uh, and speak into this microphone and do this crazy podcast that I do that hopefully, um, is making sense to some of you out there. Um, so having said that, uh, he is within you is, is stronger than he that is in the world, right? That's that in context that has to do with, uh, false teachers, what the Bible would say, um, it really religion, right? That kind of self-righteous finger pointy religion that's out there that a lot of us have been wounded by. Um, he that is in you, and that's very worldly, by the way. I do believe that religion, a big chunk, most of religion is very worldly. The Bible actually says that good religion, real religion, pure religion is helping widows and orphans. It's helping hurt people in their affliction. So on the other side of this bumper, we're going to get into it with uh, Cash Peters. Cash, uh, there's another few things about Cash that I wanted to say. Uh, He, again, he had a travel show on the Travel Channel. Um, He does handwriting analysis. He wrote two books on handwriting analysis, which he did, and and he did a handwriting analysis uh, with me. And I told him about this situation with my mom while I was sitting there in the hospital, and we were sitting there for hours just um, watching my mom and sort of waiting for God to take her, right, or for her to wake up and just get up and start walking around or something. I don't don't know. We were waiting. and something that Cash said in the handwriting analysis that he says you you have you seem to have like two spines right like there's a part of me that is trying to just carry everything and there's a spiritual part of me that wants to trust and wants to surrender and but that other that other part of me doesn't, right? And I'm dyslexic, so it was difficult for him to do this handwriting analysis, but that's something that he, he was saying that, that impacted me, that, that he nailed in me. That's true. I, I get that. I'm feeling that. I'm, I'm learning to grow out of that and to have those two spines become one, uh, one whole person. That's wholeness. Again, like my friend Paul Young said, when the truth of your being meets the way of your being, that's that's wholeness. Also learning from some of the stuff with the handwriting analysis that my wife probably has a lot more faith than I do. Probably she does. And she sees things clearer than I do, even though she quit church, you know, years ago, just like the whole Mars Hill thing started to collapse and people's egos were running amok more than their spirits. And, you know, spirits started to get squelched and egos started to rise and my wife was like "Eh, I'm out and uh, I see how she's has more faith than I do because again the the two spines thing like I told her it was a few days ago like I went back to work right away and she goes I don't know if I feel comfortable with you working when you're so raw you're so emotional you're having this hard time and I'm like you know money doesn't come from magic I actually said that you know and uh it, it, but she's just has faith like God'll provide and and I got to 
$200 donation from a listener and another $20 donation. And I thank you guys for that. And, you know, while I could say, I, I'd like to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend that on advancing the message of the podcast. Um, it, it paid for the last two days for me to not work. Uh, so I'm going to admit that, too, because that's part of faith that, right, like this thing that I do, maybe it just was able to, right, get me through a couple days where I needed to grieve and not work and part of my my ego wants to just push through and work and survive um so that's it's another thing he nailed with the uh handwriting analysis thing gonna play a bumper in the introduction and there's a lyric in this song that i love that says uh what if Forgiveness is the ultimate revenge. The song is by Alicia Keys. It's called Holy War. Uh, it's something C.S. Lewis said about the, the Christians, right? The the people who are conscious, you know, being that being the the great sabotage against the world that is right. The the rest of the world that is run amok. That is all about itself. It's all about ego. Uh, I have a friend on Facebook who shared this is a kind of challenge. He said, get up early in the morning. He's a successful guy, too. Um, but he said, uh, get up early in the morning before you brush your teeth. Right. And I've talked about this in the podcast before, too, that 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 fleshy part of us that hit. Right. Hungry or hangry. Um tired, isolated. Those are, those are the parts of ourselves. We're not the best version of ourselves when we're hungry, tired, or isolated. Uh, he said to take a picture of that person, right, in the mirror. That's you. Like, first thing in the morning, before you even brush your teeth. <laughs> Can you imagine? And realize that that is your worst enemy. That whatever rusty cage you're trying to break out of, that guy... Right, that girl in the mirror wants to stay in the rusty cage because it feels safe and comfortable. And uh, I pray that you know you hear this bumper and this conversation I have with with Mr. Cash Peters, and maybe think about that, maybe stretch your uh, heart a little bit, and realize that growing in the spirit means defeating the ego it means defeating the flesh the, the flesh and the spirit are are at odds i hope this is making sense and uh we'll get into it the belated part two of this conversation another thing about cash he uh he lives in uh, beverly hills with his partner uh and you know that may shake some of you whatever but uh here's part two of my uh my talk my interview my conversation with uh sir cash peters i call him sir because he's british and uh anyway here you go war is holy and sex is obscene We've got it twisted in 
people who are Christians and again I come back I have to reiterate right. whatever gets you through the night there's right. no judgment by me of people who am I to judge anybody believe me I've got right. my own problems but uh, the, when I meet devout Christians and we get talking it's amazing how fast we find out that they have significantly bad problems from their past that they've not resolved Right now, what they think is that this external God they've imagined that has been told exists will forgive them if they just go to church often enough and they sing the right songs and they yeah. they, they pray to little baby yeah, Jesus. That's religion. Yeah, 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 that's religion. Yeah, yeah. It was faith with a capital F. Yeah, no, it's another addiction. There's no white knight coming. That's another addiction. You you're bonded to Jesus now. Right, and it, all that stuff you're talking. Little J Jesus. Li- li- yeah, little. <laughs> it's little J Jesus, and um, and it doesn't mean that it's not a good. Thing to have if that gets you through, right. that's good. And my friends who are bo- like born again Christians and Calvinists and all these, they they constantly trying to drag me to Jesus. Right. And every time I go, yeah, but you know you don't need this, right? And they go, oh, you're impossible, you're impossible. And they walk right. off, and I don't, I don't see them for six months. <laughs> I've been unfriended by more people on Facebook because I've right. actually just argued see, that's logic. Just weird, like I don't I don't know why. Oh, because they can't. Because they're going to have to face up right. to who they actually are and the the negatively charged emotion, the right, um, right. experience. Yeah. And um, they, they don't want to do that. The thing is that you have these, these trace memories. Now, the memory is not the bad thing. Because, you know, I have a lot of memories from my childhood. It's the ones that have the negative yeah. charge attached to them. Yeah. You have to remove that negative charge to get that fragment of your soul back. Right. Now, once the fragment is back, you then move a step forward towards wholeness. And the whole purpose of your being here is to move closer towards wholeness. That's right. the only reason you exist, is to actually come with this, this fractured soul and move a little bit closer to wholeness. And you do it life upon life upon life. Right. So I think that to actually go down the addiction route is, in the end, it doesn't make anything easier, I'm sure. I've never been an addict of any right. kind, but it, I think that um, if you actually are, to use your word, bonded to a substance or bonded to an experience or bonded to a pleasure thing, um, I, I, once it grips you and controls you, that becomes a different set of issues. Yeah. But what concerns me and interests me and fascinates me, actually, is whether it's a fra- soul fragment in your past 
which needs is basically calling out for healing. And rather than go there because nobody wants pain, you'll have to re re experience the pain one last time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but if you do re experience the pain you'll release the soul fragment, the charge goes, and there is a way of doing this, I've done it several times, more recently actually, there's a great way of doing it with something called PS Tech. Fabulous, yeah. fabulous PS Tech. Um, but you, you, you can do that, and then you release the soul fragment, now it's a memory, no negative charge, and you feel better. Right, and you don't have because I've talked about stuff that happened in my, in my past uh, in groups, and I've unpacked it, and I've had the tears, I remember I didn't tell anybody that, that I'd gone through uh, childhood sexual abuse until I was 38 years old. I'd ne I, you know, I, I think I maybe touched on it as, as kids messing around, you know, experimenting with sex. Well, this kid was a lot older than me, you know, and I was like, it happened a couple of times. But one of the things that I realized, even though I've told the story, is do it, voicing this book and then putting it into a, a book format, that experience, and how amazingly charged it was to use those words like I, I I realize now why I haven't done it just standing in front of the microphone going all right I'm gonna have to tell this story I tell it in a pretty creative way um, but I, but I've kind of, I sort of detached I put it in a story and I sort of detach myself from it a little bit but I'm still telling that part of the story and it's weird how it, it is like that like I don't want to walk I don't want to I don't want to feel that again and when I talk about it it's almost like I'm Part of me is experiencing it, you know, just because I'm talking about my history. And uh, it's just really interesting, you know, like what you're saying. Yeah, but also the, you, the fact that you, although you've modified your views, the thing about you, your religion thing, I think is just the next step of addiction. Right. Because they're like this one guy, for example, who we're all kind of convinced is gay. Uh-huh. Now... What he's got a family, he loves his family, and he's got a lovely wife, and they, you know they're lovely. They really are lovely, and he's a lovely man. Uh -huh. He is fascinated by me. Right. He's fast. You can tell he's fascinated by me, and he hovers at parties. He hovers, and he's like, "Hey, let's go for breakfast," and we go for breakfast, and it's and I put my points forward about religion and stuff like that, and it, and he gets really uptight because what's happening is that he wants to release this. This yeah. pain must be digging so deep into his soul right now. Right. And he, he's aching to tell somebody and aching to spill the beans and just get it off his chest. And he can't do that. Right. Because then he blows his marriage, blows his kids' his family, future. Yeah, and, everybody has, and everybody's caught up. And all his friends are in the church and everything. Yeah. And so he just comes one step close and then runs away like a little girl, ten steps away. Right. Terrified. Of what, and he's actually—I've seen him sweat close to me. Interesting. Sweat because I actually exchanged some emails. Speaking of this topic, with with Ted Hager. Oh, really? Who's an, an interesting man? He wouldn't come on the podcast. I tried to get him on the podcast because of uh, the the church I was going to at the time. Uh, the the pastor—I didn't even know this—but the pastor said some really horrible things about his wife. No, really. <laughs> So, I'm not inviting you. Oh, I go to this church. I'd like you to come on the podcast. And it was, it didn't go well. Right. But one thing that he did, he he did a, a strange journey. Uh, Ted Haggard. It was actually a special, I guess, on HBO. I haven't seen it. A friend of mine was telling me about it. But he realized after getting bomb going off and be, being exposed for 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 his desires and who he is, right? That he he finally gets to this place where where he says, you know, the church hasn't had a lot of answers for me. And he did it. He he went to. 
uh, school and started studying psychology and started trying to figure out why he was this way. Like, well, you know, the Bible says it's a sin and I shouldn't, but I'm wired this way. Like, there, there's something there that's beyond religion. And it's an interesting story. But yeah, he's still married, still. Well, yes, because he, he can't, he'll blow everything apart. Yeah. He just admits to who he really is. Yeah. That, that authenticity, that nut inside of authenticity is the hardest thing to reach. It is. Because you actually expose... But once you're established, there's, there's, there's debris, right? Oh, it's there's like, like oh, economic. It's, exactly. it's, it's horrible. horrible. It's yeah. horrible. And I totally understand why people don't come out. And I understand why people... Because he's um, out. He would say he's out. But he's he's, he's choosing to well, that's good if be obedient. obedient. If, if, what, if that right. makes him happy... Right. Let him do it. It's not our issue. Right, I, I, exactly. I refuse to get involved in his life. If right. that's what he, if, if, if being with his family, who I'm sure he loves, um, if being in his community and his church is what makes him happy and gets him through tonight and tomorrow, I don't know how you or I can pass any kind of judgment on that. Exactly. Uh, however, when it gets dangerous is when the pain is so deep that they then say, you shouldn't be like this, are you? Yeah, Exactly. And then it's they the, go, I hate it's everything projecting. Like you. It's projecting. Yes. Freud's projection. He's, I mean, I never, ever, ever have given a thought to what a heterosexual guy does in bed. Right. In my entire life, I have never thought, I wonder what that would be like then. Um, <laughs> in fact, it makes me want to faint, just the thought. But, but with the um, with, yeah. but heterosexual guys who have a problem with it, uh, think about it a lot about what gay guys do, right? And that's because there's a lot of gay around, <laughs> right? That's right. They're, they're, they're concealing because they're married now. The other family would be disappointed. They live in an area whereby there's no gay bars they can go to. How many um, deeply religious gay hating Christians? Because you, you seem to be going on a, on a bit of a journey with, with, with us Christian types. Like, I, I listen to your show, The Wife. Us Christian life, types. Us Christian types, yes. Oh, my God. Because the, 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 the life quiz you went into, you had a guy, a Christian science guy on yeah. the life well, quiz. Well, my parents are Christian scientists. Yeah, so. yeah. And then growing up in that had to be... Because I've known... Like, that guy was actually pretty cool. It's funny how I'll, I'll Don find Don Ingleson. I love Don Ingleson. He's interesting. Because I've, I've, I've always, like, judged certain denominations of Christianity. And then I'll hear someone like him and go, Oh, well, maybe they're not that bad. Well, they're not that <laughs> like the bad. the Baptists, they're all crazy. They don't drink alcohol in there. You're right. And then, and then I'll meet a Baptist guy and go, Oh, well, he's, he's interesting. Right? Like, he doesn't believe all that whack Well, why don't you shit. just look on them as addicts now? <laughs> Maybe you're right. They're addicts with a deep emotional, psychological problem that they've not ever faced. But what about your dad? So your dad was was my a dad bit is still a... alive, so we need to be careful. All right, your dad. But you 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 loved your dad, but you grew up in in a, in a pretty abusive situation, not just religiously, but relationally from from your dad. Right. I mean, my father. Is was he like a Bible thumpy? No, 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 no. He was a Christian scientist. They don't thump the Bible. Right. Uh, no. They're probably looking around the house. They usually can't find out where it is. Right. But there's um, always something to read. There's always something. To, there's always something to read. <laughs> Every week they give you something all to read. Books. And it's not that. That's why science is narcissistic. Just if you've ever ugh. been to a Christian science lecture, um, I've known Christian wanted, scientists I, who just. I wanted to so go in there and revamp the entire religion. I thought I am perfectly qualified for this. Right. I can go in and I can turn this thing around <laughs> because I am fun. <laughs> And you people are boring, and I need to sort it out. Right. But, but no, my that was fun. Mars Hill Church in Seattle. But that's a whole other was it really podcast. boring? Just no, it was awesome, but it just fell on its own. Oh, really? It was, that, it was it was it was a hipster version of fundamentalism. None uh, of us realized that until it collapsed because it couldn't. 
to stay in some way. But anyway, I just went off a tangent, <laughs> on a tangent there, which I, I do. Mars Hill Church, or whatever. <laughs> um, but, um, no, my father, my father is essentially a very, very good man. Okay. I will say that. He's a very good man. He's a very honorable man. Um, he has provided for his family. He did everything right that a father could do, given that he came from, it was like a wartime kid who had to fight in a war I, again judging people I refuse to judge my father Okay. for the simple reason that I have not fought in a war I have not been on a minesweeper yeah. that could be blown up and sunk that day and my life could end today because right. of a, a, of a, a, of a Missile the or trauma that he must have had yeah, to go through. I have no idea right. what that must be like. And since I was mature enough to realize the kind of trauma he'd been through as a child, uh-huh. I have absolutely stepped back from judging him. Now, that said, so that's one side of the thing. He and I, he has a chemical reaction to me. It's a chemical reaction that is entirely negative right. uh, since being a child. I have a brother. His chemical reaction with my brother is fantastic. They get on really great. I've never heard him raise his voice to my brother. His entire life. And my brother did some pretty lax things as far as behavior goes. No, nothing. Nothing my, my brother could ever have done that would have annoyed my father. I only have to say good morning and it annoys my father. Just, just the way I say it, or something about it, and so. Since how old? How old oh, were you when you As long as I can it? remember, as long as I, there's, there's never been a time that I can remember uh, uh, where I didn't have a problem with my father. Um, but I don't blame. I'm not a blamer. That's another ego thing. I don't blame right. people. I look at it way more philosophically than that, and I think that uh, whatever he sees in me is challenging him. To open up, be vulnerable, and release that part of him. I was sent along as a challenge to him. Now, uh, you know, we so all get that. You, you We're all angels for each other. Coming out to your dad. Oh, yes. So you, you're, you're a gay man, if the, the audience hasn't gathered that. Do I sound now, really like a sissy? <laughs> no. Okay. That, because I've had, I've had emails from people, and this, this breaks my heart, and it, and it, I, it, it frankly, it pisses me off. That there's people out there, Christians, who would throw their kid out of the house because they say they're gay. And kids today are feeling a lot more comfortable with coming out than they used to. Right. And then they're meeting this. And and some of the ones that stay are there's almost as bad if they're in a religious yeah, kind be, of construct again, which judges and and says they're going to hell. Like the uh, word faggot, like that 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 comes from sticks that are were supposed to be put in a bundle and thrown into a heater to heat it. That's, that's just gross. It, it it pisses me well, off. Faggot but, is an American word. It actually has no bearing on me because I'm British. Right. I, you can call me a faggot all you like. I have right. no idea. But I thought that was like it came from. But you, you see what I'm saying, though. It, it, it angers me. And here's another part of my story. When I disconnected myself from from Christianity, I, I was just done. Like I, these people are hateful. This ruined my life. Um, coming back to it, and, and the first time I, I started dealing with my issues, I went to a, a pastor because I didn't have enough money for a real counselor, and this pastor was willing to meet with me. And I was really surprised, these guys at this church up in Marysville, and I was really surprised that they were patient with me, they didn't judge me, they didn't, you know, tell me what I should and ought to do, they just listened. But that was one of the issues for me, because I had gay friends who were like, like, 
okay, the church has a problem with gay people. Wait till they get a load of me. Oh, really? Because <laughs> most gay people that I knew were pretty established people. Yeah. Had good jobs, professional, stuff like that. So that was part of my thing, too, is is, is realizing that, you know, that there's, that's one of the things about religion. And, and when a parent would do that with a son or reject them. Yeah, but what they've done is they come to the fork in the road, love or ego. Right. Love says, wow. That's interesting. You have feelings different to mine. Tell me about it. Let me embrace you. You're my child. That's what love does in that moment. Right. What ego does in that moment say, get out. You're not welcome. God says this. No. Yeah. God doesn't say, God is not a thing. God is not a person. God is not a being. Right. God is an intelligence. It's a, it's a field of consciousness. It doesn't care. God is not in the caring business. God is completely... See, I would reject that guy. Well, you're wrong. God is completely neutral. God, right. God is all about balance. God, it has no, God is just a, a perfection of uh, that holds the uni- a, a field of perfection that holds the universe together. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. It's in or out of balance with that perfection. It's your yeah. choice. Yeah. You go down ego, that's the human frailty. You go out of balance with it. You go down the, field, the, the root of love, you're in balance with it. There's nobody. But is love impersonal? I guess maybe that's part of this conversation. Is it if it's if if love is just out there and it doesn't care? No, but you are lo- no, 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 no. You are you are love. You like are, like I believe something interrupted me, and, and call it Jesus. I, that's where I go into the, the Jesus mode. Right. Because reading the Bible for myself, I, reading the Gospels, I, I really connected with. Because I, I was I rejected religion, and I came back. And I was challenged by the fact that w- what if Jesus is a person in human history? What if God? No, he is. But what if that energy that you're talking about put on flesh and walked among us? But yeah, and but, it actually it suffered. But with it's us. Tr- but it's true of us all. We are all just God with with flesh around us. That, that's what he was saying, basically. I am, my, I am my father. Yeah, but I can't touch a dude who's got you know leprosy and just turn his arm back to normal. You don't know he did that. Uh, does it affect you now? Does is is actually, there a negative charge attached to that being? I know it's part of my history, good. and I don't. I don't like that it's part of my story. I guess, but it is. If no, I, but is there an emotional charge, a negative emotional charge attached to it? Is that something you would I don't drink think away? So. No, I don't have to numb it anymore. I, I know it's there, and I don't have to numb it anymore. Does that make sense? The the charge that's on it is not. How do you know? How do I how do I know I don't that it's gone? To, that it's gone? Yeah. I don't think it ever be gone. It's sort of like a scar. So I, I cut myself open right here. My I have this scar right here. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And at one point it was a wound, and I didn't go to the doctor right away because I knew it was going to cost money. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty painful. I probably need stitches. Right. But I, I went ahead. You know, I remember I going to the to the pharmacy. Go, hey, can I stu- suture this up with something? And the woman's like, No, you you need to go to a hospital because you're going to have nerve damage. Yeah, I would say if yeah. you don't, right? And so I'm like, Oh, all right. So I go to the hospital. But my my point in this is is the metaphor of, of it's not an open wound anymore. It's more of a scar. I done podcasts where I was talking about. I was t- I would shed tears like I was freaking. I had people email me going, "Hey, I listened to the last podcast. Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> right? And and at that point, I'm going, "Okay, I shared a wound with people. Like that needs to be like, as you would use the word remedy, right?" I don't know how to use the word remedy. No, you use the word remedy with me, guys. 
I, I used to lie to myself on Facebook. I used the word remedy? Yeah. Did I really? Oh, I okay. can't remember what it was about. But I like that word. It's remedy. Remedy. You're British, so you're going to use more English. Like a remedy is a British word. But I don't know. I don't know that there's actually the parallel. Well, there's a sort of parallel, but I don't know there's the exact parallel. Um, if you. There's a difference between a scar and a wound, is my point. I will always carry a scar, but I'm okay with that. And I'm saying there's a difference between a physical. Scar, a physical wound right. that heals and leaves a scar. That's true. And an emotional, psychological, slash possibly sexual wound yeah. that heals, leaves a scar, but still contains the pus. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's, it's festering. It's, it's a festering. festering. And the only way you know whether you've got that out is by going to some kind of therapy yeah. where they put you back in that position. No, I wouldn't want to do that. I've, I've been offered that before. It's called regression therapy. And they almost hypnotize no, no, you. It isn't. It's you called, no, 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 it isn't. It's called... Um, it's, I went to core energetics. Okay. Maybe uh, I'm thinking of something else. Co- but I was no, but that may be one remedy. There right. may be one course to go. But I'm thinking of the thing whereby they actually take you back there. You know, they don't even take you back there. They just explore... Right. Explore your life I've over a long period of time, and yeah. then you get to go back to that moment, and somebody stands in for that person. Oh, interesting! They stand in for your father who didn't give you enough attention. They stand up for your mother who neglected you when you really needed it. They stand in for you, and somebody in the group will stand in for this. Uh-huh. Then you get to beat the living shit out of them with a <laughs> tennis racket. Yeah, I've now, done this. What I, the you? pillows are? Yeah, it was like a big pillow kind of thing yeah no, it's a tennis racket oh, oh, oh you actually get to punch them in the face with no there was a pillow I get to punch no, that's way too way too <laughs> so, it's so tame that no this is actually you get to um, you get to te- well yeah but I'm not saying it's. I think it's, Seth has, has talked about some of this in like white I think he's they done do. that I think yeah. he's done a little bit of that up in Alaska yeah. and then you end up um, not just crying because crying is the easy one that just releases a little bit of the emotion yeah, to get rid of the wound uh-huh. That that is beneath the scar, the continuing wound. You have to bray it away. You bray that away. You end up so hoarse. And what happens is when you release it, uh, unpack that word bray. We you know what a donkey does. It brays. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually, it's you actually, it's beyond crying. Yeah. It's it's what I lies. Threw up. I remember vomiting. Oh really? Yeah. Just getting sick. Oh, well, that's Dry good because I didn't eat anything. Right, but that's and good too. Like, just throwing it up. Fabulous. Yeah. Now you see, that's what you want. But it's got to be something whereby, you, and if you, if you do this, I don't know whether this happened to you, but very often when you do this thing, when you release these vintage wounds that you've been carrying around with you all this time that have affected your daily life ever since, when you do it, this heat is given off your body. And twice, well, once um, it happened where people weren't even able to come near me. I was so hot, they couldn't touch me. Uh. They couldn't physically come near me because I was so hot. And that's a release of huge amounts of trauma. Right. But there also was one where I passed out and was just, and apparently while I was passed out, I just tried to punch everybody in the room. And uh, then they had to sit on me. And my eyes had rolled up to the back of my head and they had to sit on me and, and they kept yelling at me to open my eyes and roll, you know, whatever. And it was because so much ag- hidden aggression, so much pent up pain was in there. And it was all released. Uh, and then you are hot, you're, and your life becomes different from that point because you're lighter. You've, yeah. moved, you've moved a step towards wholeness. Uh, but 
getting it out, it has to. You, you must have had like um, a root canal or something in your life, oh, yeah. where the dentist has to get really, really deep into the gum to get the the last bit of septic stuff out. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, yeah. and so it's not done simply by crying. Although crying's good, I really am very fond of crying. But yeah. um, crying's good, but it's actually that brain screaming, shouting thing. It's primal. Right. It's a it's a it's a psychological root canal. Yeah. And when you come around afterwards, and spiritual, it's a it's a very a spirit, spiritual, spirit incredibly spiritual. Yeah. But it, but it, it, you're free of it. Yeah. And then you've got one of your soul fragments back. That becomes that goes back into your soul, and you move forward again to the next step of wholeness. And you do that through throughout your entire life. Right. But here's my theory: back full circle. People who are addicted to something or bonded to a substance or an experience or shopping and money, spending money all the time, whatever yeah, it is, yeah. they are doing that as a deflection away from the actual problem. Exactly. And so, but it's like disease. And then life just keeps getting worse until oh, yes. you face it. And you go, oh my God, but my addiction is so bad, I've got a disease. No. Yeah. No, no, the disease. <laughs> the disease is. I know, that's me too. I was like, it's all stop right. with the disease. Stop with the disease already. Well, no, but let yeah. me, I, there's a point I made at the very, very beginning I've got to say. Once you label something, yeah. you own it. Mm. That's what's in my book, The Believing Book, right? Right. Once you label it, you own it. So people are going to say, oh, I've got Parkinson's, you know. Right. From the moment you say, in fact, from the, do- the moment the doctor says, I've got some bad news for you, you've got Parkinson's, you own that. It right. goes straight into your body and you have Parkinson's. Now, if you go, uh, I don't think so. Now you go, well, that's just ridiculous. You can't deny you. You've got all the symptoms. But if you, this is what the John of God experience is about. Uh-huh. It's about um, going, well, that's what science says. Yeah. And of course, you know, who's going to, disbelieve science. Science has a lot going for it. But but the mind is a powerful thing. This yeah. body we have is a powerful thing. If we do the right thing by our body and by our mind and by our spirit, I wonder whether we wouldn't get well. Now I've met people who have actually got well from stage four breast cancer or whatever the thing is. I don't even know about disease, but, but they, yeah. they got better and they're now cancer free. And why is that? Because they, the doctor says, well, I'm sorry, you've got to have your breast taken off. And, he, and they go, you know, I'm not going to do that. Right. Bravely. Yeah. I don't know what I have I a friend do. that did that. He had cancer of the uh, kidneys. Right. And he just said, I'm going to go naturopathway. But, now, he did live two years longer than they said he was going to. He did die, but he, he didn't go through chemo and live his last days. Well, you know, the chemo often kills him. Yeah. It's, it's the chemo, it's the actual medical treatment that kills him. Yeah. And the doctors don't care. You sign a little form that says, uh, I release you from all liability. And they go, Great, got it. And then my, my other kid can go through college. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, it's not that doctors don't have a point and not that doctors aren't needed sometimes. Of course they are. That's ridiculous otherwise. But what really matters is that you have this phenomenal machine. But this machine needs maintenance, not just by uh, nutrition, not just by meditation, not just by all these other things, exercise and stuff you need to do to it, but also by going, okay, what is the source of this problem? What am I doing to me? Because you can heal you if you are unremittingly prepared to go, okay, who caused this bullshit in the first place? It was me. I did this. And I am going to sort it out. Now, 
there are two layers to that. If you, particularly if you're ill, you've got to then go. Um, think maybe eating pizza every week is going like, to is probably <laughs> filling up my colon with pastry, and I really shouldn't have. Maybe it's wheat that's causing the problem. And yeah. In fact, if you just cut out the wheat, you'd be fine. Maybe, but with the with the wounds, like your child, your molestation thing when you're a child, whatever it is, but also from neglectful parents or from yeah. um, going to a terrible school where they picked on you all the time, or you know. I think I've spent most of my life with PTSD from my childhood. Right. I didn't even know I had it. But cool. let's, let's go into some of that. But you've got to relieve that. You've yeah, got to get right. rid of that, is my point. Yeah. Right. Do you know how Jesus came about? Yeah, let me explain to you, Jesus. Because right. clearly, I, this is a subject again I know nothing about. But let me explain it to you. Right. This is uh, something I've studied because I'm not a I'm not a blind faith guy. And there's I, a mountain of data, ancient data. If you if you get into the subject of ancient data, there's, it's, a, diff- there's, there's a difference something around between this, this, the mythical Jesus and the historical Jesus. Okay. Um, but there's but, a lot of data that would, uh, not, you know, that it, would say. That, have you Have you read the uh, Reza Aslam book? Zealot about Jesus. No, twenty years of, of scholastic study into Jesus. Twenty years, and, and he said, "I've have covered everything. There's nothing I haven't covered in this." And here's here's what my book's about. I was listening to it the other day. It's fabulous, and he says, "This is what we know about Jesus. Um, what people are obsessing over and addicted to." And going, you know what Jesus says is this, and Jesus would do this if you. No, you know nothing about Jesus. Uh, there's a difference between the mythical Jesus, the the, the Jesus of fable which is the Jesus in the church and everything like that, and the historical Jesus, uh-huh. who was just this crazy rebel guy who yeah. stood up to the Roman Empire for like a morning and then was just running around and being a, a, a pain to the Romans, right? And was actually... Well, he's been pain to the religious people. He was pain to the religious people too. But you don't even really know that. That is just... Um, but uh, the Bible was written by several hundred people over several hundred years. Right. And so, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, you can open the Bible and you can see a, a font of wisdom here. But people, the mistake we make is to think that people 2,000 years ago were dumb. Right. They yeah. weren't. They no. were human beings who had amazing thoughts. They just didn't have the same tools to work with that we do. Right. So they would go, there's a huge gap in my understanding here of where the sun goes at night. And how come it comes up a few a few hours later? Where did it go? Now their most brilliant minds would come up with some explanation of that, uh-huh. and so they and for Jesus's behavior and this and that, they came up with these things too, and that's fine. That's where they were at that time. But then people go, well, this is what we need. We, we, we obviously he did this, and we'll say he did that, and, and before you know it, you've got a completely mythical guy, not based on the historical guy at all. The historical guy is. Fascinating the right. historical Jesus. But I would say that without the, some of the supernatural stuff, he wouldn't be just a historical guy. Yeah, like he was just a, he was just a good teacher. He'd be like Plato. But do you know why like a, do you know why that exists? That's uh, that uh, supernatural stuff. You would say they made it up. No, to, to promote well, yes, the religion. Actually, that is true. But it, they because they had a religion to sell. No, um, yes, no. Um, this is before the religion happened. 
because um, the religion actually don't think came about. They weren't Christians. Real. They were. They were. They were Christ there following. Were people of the way. They were Christ yeah. following Jews, right? For yeah, about yeah. four hundred years, and then there were Christians somewhere else about yeah. four hundred. AD or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, well, what happened was that um, this has got to be kept short because this is a really long story. Right. But basically, <laughs> the, the, they were all Jews. Jesus was a Jew. They were all yeah, Jews. Yeah. And so um, my issues with the, the artistry of Jesus from the Catholics, it's all white guys, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like a metal band. I know. Or like, I know. It's, <laughs> it's like a Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> and, and so, um, but they were all Jews. And half the Jews go, um, well, he is the son of God. Look what he did with that. Look what he said. And the other half go, no, no, he's the son of man. Uh-huh. And the reason they say he has, to, he has to be the son of man because the Ten Commandments say you can't worship any other idols and whatever. And therefore, um, to do to believe he's the son of God would take away from what Moses did, right? And so they go, well, well we believe that. And they go, fine, good. Well, we're going to stay like re- regular Jews. And he, he's the son of man, and he's fine. Good, good guy, great, great to have him around. He caused a lot of fuss, fine. But if you want to believe your thing, go. So they go, we will. The actual truth of this is far more banal, and yet far more interesting and empowering. In fact, Reza Eslan, if you, uh, Aslan, this you word, read this we book, get into different, uh, but, but he says defining it, gospel. It deepened his gospel. faith. They deepened his faith in Jesus way more yeah. when he stood at the historical guy over the fable guy because the fable guy is just made up right. and so um, one, but, but, but I'm not interested in it enough to start pulling it apart I mean it's just something that I I, yeah. I, I, I don't ex- want to argue theology or well you can't argue theology with somebody who knows nothing about it <laughs> right. that would be a <laughs> waste too. of your time yeah. you know, by uh, all means start you know to pick people who are interested I'm not that interested yeah, right. but, I, what I but am, you are you are a guy that's what I love about you you are a guy who's been on a relentless pursuit of healing yes for for a very long time. Yes, but not just, just, but not just my, for, lip service. But for it. your benefit as well as mine. Yeah. For your benefit as well as mine. And I've had people, friends, thump the table when I've suggested these ideas about healing. That you are, you heal you. It's you. Uh, You're the one who caused the problem. You get out of it. They go. Well, what about a three-year-old child? What, 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 when they get cancer, is it that, what did they do? Smoke for three years? <laughs> all this, I've had all this kind of thing. Uh, and then, but that, then what you learn is that there are other reasons. There are bigger reasons why children die. If your child dies, the people go, oh, but this is terrible. I'm going to grieve for the rest of my life. I'm going to miss my child. I understand that. I don't want to sound callous because I've never lost right. a child. I don't know those feelings. Yeah. But if you lose a child or if you have a child who is disabled or you have a child who is a problem of some kind, like I was a problem to my parents, yeah, coming back to the point, right. <laughs> you are the teacher. Yeah. You become a teacher. You are put on this planet to teach the people who find you the most difficult yeah. a lesson about compassion. Oh, yeah, and they have a true. choice in every moment between love and, compa- love and compassion or ego and control. Right. And if they go, well, we can't control this guy. Fuck it. He's just impossible. We don't want to deal with him. They've gone down the path of ego. And, the, and it goes exactly where ego goes, which is like into a ditch and turns over. Yeah. If you go in the path of love, in this moment, and it's not like, well, over the next year I'm going to be loving and kinder. And so, no, no, now. Now, be now. It's loving now. And you go... My child has just come out to me as gay. Uh-huh. I, all this stuff I've read doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. All this stuff I believe and all the stuff that my preachers have told me, it doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. The game's changed. Exactly. I now have a member of Love my family who's and gay. relationship will change the game. Love. 
yeah. is everything. Exactly. Because you are love. Yeah. You are, and this is why Jesus, for the little bit I know about this, was was the most switched on guy, not ever, but for his time, because he comes along and he says something that drove everybody nuts. It's all in here. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you. You have to show, the more love you show, the more kind you are to people, the more generous, the more inc- inclusive you are. Yeah. The more you will heal on the inside and the closer you get to God. Of course you do, because the diff- there's a difference between being, uh, I've said this virtually on every podcast I'm ever asked about, but there's a difference between being a part of God and being apart from God. If you are taking all your instruction about life from some other source, some external source, like a book or, or, a, or a preacher or a church or whatever, you are apart from God because it's all coming in from the outside. If you take it from the inside out and you go, what is the loving thing to do in this moment? What should I do right now that would be the most compassionate, the kindness, kindest, most right. generous thing to do, the most patient? At that moment, you are a part of God. Right. Because you have touched your God source, and you're, you're, you're getting into something that's not about you, also, right? Because there's some. So I was I was challenged with someone with, like, aren't you talking about paganism, Russ? Like the pagan. That's another thing they've <laughs> there's, just heard about. It's or, not right. Or or there's something in there. There's a fear, and and I get this fear, but that people will believe in a God that that will like like hexes. Like there's a there's yes, a weird there's cult there. things like there's you're trying to you know conjure up some kind of spirit to put a, 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 some kind of dark no. thing on well, others. I do believe there like are that. dark and that's some people, Right. But some people, that's their God. Like, I have yeah, that's their people. own problem. That's not, that's not our problem. Exactly. But, but, if you, but, but some people would define God as that. Well, good. Like, God's going to make well, them problem. suffer for good. me. Let them do it. Let right. them suffer. I am, I am in totally down with people suffering if they choose that. Right. I am not but when you, when you put it on someone else in a spiritual sense... That's, well, that's, then that's, you, ego that's ego. Or, then you, there's no love in that. Yeah. You have thrown the universe out of balance, yeah. and you will pay for that because yeah. that's what they call karma. Yeah. But karma is is God in action. Yeah. It's God right. The universe will right itself. It is always in balance until you mess with it. And the only way, reason you keep it in balance is by being loving, by and, being and, inclusive and, and kind. What about relationship with God through through that? Love, or you would you're already universe. in a relationship with God because right. you are God. Like you were talking about coming to coming here, right? And and looking for signs, and you, like you talk about that in your book, you're going to see the John of God. Like tell that story because you weren't really going to thinking about going to this place. It was it was a an interruption in your in your life because you lived that kind of life. Like you're a guy who's who's been successful. You're you're one of those guys that a lot of men. Want well, I want my life to be like that. Like until, you, until they meet me, and then they go, no, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to be this guy. They want to climb the ladder. They want to be successful. They want to be the guy. Like you were on television. You've done radio. You all the stuff. You've written but, fourteen but, books. But this comes back to our original conversation. That right at the very beginning of this, I said that what that did was prove that it's not what yeah. I wanted at all. Right. Once I went to John of God, I had. But I, you had an interruption. Like you yes. went to a party. Like a wedding reception. I was at a, I was right? at a yeah. wedding. Uh, no, no wedding. It was some. Was it a wedding? It was. It was a wedding. I was at. A, I was at a thing in Newport Beach, I think. And this woman sat down next to me. She was really drunk, and she had enormous breasts that could barely be contained by this dress she'd chosen to wear. It was this <laughs> scarlet dress with the. And she had. I mean, she had enormous boobs, but the actual container for those boobs was designed to be. 
like a strip of elastic. It was the most ridiculous thing. That she, and she was drunk, and she sat down, and 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 she goes, "Hi, hi, how are?" <laughs> and, and and she's and, and, you know she's waving her boobs in my face. It's really bizarre. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking you've really got to be more contained. You don't need right. those hanging out. But she was out dating basically, and she's looking for a, looking for a guy, and this was the way to do it. And. Um, <laughs> I sh- we got talking as best we could, and she was just drinking and drinking and flashing her boobs at the waiters, and, and it was just unseemly. Right. And um, then um, she, I, she said, well, what are you doing now? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do another travel book. I might go to Argentina and learn how to tango. I was thinking of going to Argentina for a month or three, three months or something and learning to tango and then writing a book about what happened to me. And she goes, uh, no. No, don't do that. And, and she goes, you should go to Brazil. Right. Brazil, my dear. <laughs> and then she gets up and walks away. And she's like, but staggers away, really. Uh-huh. And she's like hanging on to things. She's so drunk. And then I say, and I go, why? And she goes, uh, she tells me that there's this guy in Brazil, and you know, you should go, and he's, right. he, he can change the universe, and he's whatever. And then she, um, uh, she, um, I turn, I go, why? She goes, for your ears. Yeah. She goes, for your ears. And I had not said anything about my ears. And that's why part of why you got out of... I was, I was actually deaf in one ear. Yeah. Because I'd been in radio for so long and a lot of stuff had gone on. And um, about 60% deaf in my other ear. Right. And I was really severely deafened. And um, she, she didn't know her. Right. And so I thought, you know, I'll do that. And uh, I went to Brazil for my ears. I followed her. I just went. Right. <laughs> I just went to Brazil. And that's what the book is about. And then the people that you met through and this then, journey. Then the most switched on, coolest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. All of whom knew stuff. Right. And this is what I like. I love people who know stuff. Because they go, you know why you shouldn't drink milk? I see you drinking that latte. You shouldn't drink milk because. And you go, really? I never knew that. And then, because I've never had a latte since, uh, because she said, you know, casein, which is the thing in milk, um, causes cancer. I had no idea that was true. I, I guess I still don't, but I mean, I've never, <laughs> had, I've never had a latte since. And it was just a, uh, the more people I met and the more people I talked to and the more who offered me information about things, the more it, I came home and nobody recognized me. I was only gone 16 days. Nobody recognized the guy who came back. Uh, I was a completely different person, um, and I so couldn't, your energy, I couldn't do, your, I couldn't do my your personality, yes. your, my personality uh, changed, my energy can change completely. Because because what happens is that your energy is your consciousness goes up. The uh-huh. more aware you are of how the universe works, and the more uh, of how God in inverted commas works, the more uh, you find your place in it, the more you um, eat good stuff that's good for your body, the more you look after yourself, the more you see. Your, en- your consciousness rises. Right. It just does. The more base you are, the more you're all about just sex and drinking and eating whatever you want. These are lower consciousness things. And they lead to disease. Because yeah. uh, the disease is a lower consciousness state. If you want to get well, if you want to recover, if you want to redeem yourself, you after wake up. <laughs> no, I don't know if you have to wake it's up. Sort of a, that's a waking up is a, is it's a, a consciousness well, statement, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's a bit brash. Yeah, and it's a transition. You, you. Sometimes to, I want to tell people that, like, 
wake up, wake the fuck up. <laughs> but you, you've, got to, you've got to come around to the whole idea that you are your own worst enemy. Uh, and true. that you are desperate to heal and your body is whispering to you all the time or even shouting. Yeah. If, you, if you've got this kind of consciousness thing going on where your energy is high and you're, you're, you've got proper nutrition and proper sleep and you're happy and all these things, your body is men, meant to heal. That's right. how it was made. Um, if you are apart from God and you're a low consciousness being and you're eating low consciousness foods and uh, you're at low energy and you're miserable right. and you're fretting about your past and you've got all these wounds inside you've not healed, those wounds will kill you. Right. If they don't actually turn you towards addiction, if they don't actually cause you to have no relationships or whatever it is. Because but wasn't that part of your experience, though, going back to the, the God thing? God being a, a relationship. I didn't where, say you said it was a relationship. Well, I, said I, it was a relationship. I said you are God. So, so I'm, I'm saying that what about this, this woman? I mean, when you were at Which a woman? The woman, the woman at the. The uh, woman who interrupted the that. With the big boobs? Yeah, yeah. Like she said something. That was, that was God. I guess in my worldview to say that, that God interrupted Cash in that moment because well, no, this I woman said, didn't know anything I, I about her would, ears. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. I, I think that's actually. But you see, a lot of what differs, what separates me from you, okay, in this kind of conversation, is simply terminology. Yeah, it's language. Yes, that's yeah. all it is. Um, you and I, I don't think for a second are talking about different things. Right. You might come in and say, well, don't you mean this or whatever. Um, we're talking about the same thing. We're but, just using but Jesus cash. But Jesus. Yeah, well, you need to be. Basically, you need, you need that punch right? in the face I promised earlier. That's fine. Um, no, no, it's, um, it, it's really down to language. If you, if you understand yeah. that the universe does work in this incredible way of bringing you back into balance. When you, and the signs are there all the time. We don't regard them because we're so busy with our lives. We don't actually meditate on what this all means. But the, the signs are there all the time. Here's an example of what happened with the John of God thing. So I go, this isn't in the book because um, this is like a bonus okay. feature. It's bonus it's material. In, it's bonus material. It's, it's not in the book. Yeah. But no, no, I'm not plugging the book. But it's, um, what happened was that I go, well, how ridiculous. I can't just go to Brazil. Okay. On, the, on the basis of a woman who's so drunk she can right. barely speak. Why would I do that? And I look up. Why would you fly to Seattle and be on this podcast? For the same reason. <laughs> exactly. I'm that guy. Yeah, I love that about you. I'm that guy who throws himself on the universe. And I, I found out why I came, by the way. Uh, why? I, well, I'll, I can tell you that another time. But I, okay, actually, right. I, I found out this morning why I came to the, Seattle. It dawned on me very quickly after I had breakfast. I know why I'm here. So, so everything else was made. The re, whole reason to come here, to fly here, seemed like I was coming for you. Right. I don't um, think but, it was for but me. The impulse, <laughs> no, I, well, I was essentially. I, I said yeah. I would do it and I came. But, but my impulse was to come. So I showed up and this morning I found out why I had to come. So I know about that now. Yeah. And, I, and I'm completely at, at ease with it. So um, uh, the John O'Gall thing. So I'm, I'm basically, I look it up on the internet. I find this site that runs trips to John O'Gall and I say, well... I think I may even have contacted them and said, how much do you charge? How much is a trip? How much is a tour or whatever? And they wrote back and I said, well, you know, I'm not going unless there's a sign. Uh, I'd almost settle for the girl from Ipanema on the radio today. Or, but, you know, this was a Wednesday afternoon, right? And I go, but I need a sign because I'm not booking for this thing for no reason other than a woman with big boobs at a wedding. Right. And um, what happened was... My partner runs a, a beauty shop in Beverly Hills. 
Okay, that's the only other piece of information you need to know. Okay. And so he... Um, uh, now, what are we saying? now, that was a Wednesday afternoon. I remember it was a Wednesday afternoon. I put it out there, I want to sign. Thursday morning, a woman calls up his shop and says, um, do you take walk-ins? Can I, can I come and have my hair done? And she, he says, yeah, sure. Come in at whatever, say 11 o'clock. I don't know what time she came in, but say okay. 11 o'clock. Comes in, sits down, and he's talking, you know, my God, your hair's all straggly or whatever. What happened? She goes, I just come back from Brazil. And he goes, oh, really? And she goes, yeah, yeah. I went to see this healer guy called John of God. And he said, well, it's funny because my partner was looking this up yesterday about whether he should go. And I said, he must go. Uh, I get a phone call Thursday morning about 11 o'clock from uh, my partner going, there's somebody you need to speak to. <laughs> and she comes on and says. So she was there in, this, in the salon. Yeah. And wow. she goes, you've got to go. Wow. That in 24 hours. Yeah, that's a. That's, that's my sign. Yeah, that's my sign, and so um, that's how I function, yeah. and that's throwing. That's more up. than a coincidence. Oh yeah, sure. I don't believe in coincidences. I, I'm, anyway. not, I'm not a fan of coincidences, but they do ha- happen sometimes, I guess. But but I, I, I throw myself on the universe, and I take a deep breath, and I say yes. Uh-huh. I just say yes, yeah. and then uh, you are opening your heart. You are allowing the, the the God force, this energy, this 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 divine consciousness, to flow through you. You're in sync with it. You always choose the path of love in any given moment, and you'll be fine. And 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 the universe will step up and it will protect you. It's like you step into the abyss because you just don't know what's going to happen. But you you know that you've got to move forward. Yeah. And you um you you step into the abyss with faith. In faith, you step forward, and the ground rises to meet your feet. Or like getting out of the boat with that whole Bible story, right? Jesus says, "Get out of the oh, boat." We back down to the Bible again. <laughs> you never let up with this stuff. You know it's, it's made language. up, right? Don't it's we? the same no, language. It's, it's, it's a story made up by some guy four hundred <laughs> years ago. Like, I believe it, Cash, and it's the same language. It's the, fa- it's the yeah, same. But, language. It's faith. Yeah, but you, you don't know. Step it. out of the boat. Jesus says, "Step out of the boat," and 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 when he starts looking down, he sinks because he realizes. He's doing the impossible. That's why it's made up, because he actually would sink. <laughs> it's against science. It's not logical. Eh? Yeah. No, no, it's made up. Though. I believe it. Well, good well, for I, you. If I get right. you through tonight... Well, you can say the same thing about John of God. Like, I've, why I've known would I be, people that do, you know, the, the... No, those are Filipinos who do that, and they have duck guts in a bag under <laughs> right, the table. The duck guts no, he doesn't do anything. Right. He doesn't do anything. You do it. Right. It's, I mean, it's incredible. It's, uh, that's where I will go into belief. Right. I mean, that's the, when you believe that. No, this is Christian science. This is you. Uh, belief removes the blockages to your healing. Yeah. Belief allows for miracles. As long as you are, if you're, again, belief is about being a part of God. If you are cynical or you're skeptical or you have all sorts of reasons to do with ego and stuff that you can't buy into something, you're living apart from God. There's no room for miracles in that. The only time there's room for miracles is when you allow them in. And the only way you ever... And that takes trust. It takes faith. It takes faith. And and it's you living as a part of God. If you are not living as a part of God and you're disconnected from God by all this crap you've got and all your wounds and all your cynicism and all your belief systems. You are living... There's nothing more likely to take you apart from God than religion. True. It's it's convincing you of a thing that people made up to control you. 
So you've got to reject that. You've got to go, what do I know intuitively inside? This is God speaking to me through, through my spirit. My animating force is driving me to go forward and do something. My animating force, which is God, is driving me forward. Right. And if you... And the, and the way you honor that animating force is by listening, by listening to, asking for signs, like looking for guidance, not acting if you don't get it, yeah. trusting that, and then acting in love in every single minute of the day. That is the challenge. The challenge is to go, to stop yourself at every moment and say, is this a loving thing? Um, this, if I take a drink now, which is going to harm my body, or if I eat this fatty plate of crap that's been put in front of me that tastes probably brilliant, <laughs> yeah. but it's going to clog up my body. Is that a loving thing to do? No, no. it's not. There's an ego thing to do because it's like, oh my God, I'm so hungry, I want to eat all this. All right. Every minute of every day, the challenge is to live in that that fork in the road every single time and make the right choice. You yeah. do that and you do not. It's not necessarily about doing what's right and wrong. Like, you know if you eat... There's like, no right or wrong like, about it. Like, obese who's, people who's know if they sit in front of a bucket of chicken and they eat that whole thing, it's not going to be good for them. But they do it anyway. Well, why is that you're right saying, or wrong? I'm not, I don't think there's right or wrong. I don't right. think there's good or bad or right or wrong. Right, I think it's a choice. It's damaging. It's love or ego. Yeah. But your, so your approach to that bucket of chicken... <laughs> and life has is many, to, is many to, buckets of chicken. Talk about vomiting. I couldn't eat a bucket of chicken <laughs> if I tried. One, I'm vegan. And two, I, I would never eat fried food of any kind. Right. But I, what, you see what I'm saying, though, right? Like, to, to, Which I, makes me sound very listener. pompous, doesn't it? I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sounding really pompous out of this. I'm so, he gets no. me into these corners and I have to no, pop I'm, my way out I'm, of them. I'm, I'm asking. Do I sound really the pompous? Approach. Ask me, answer me now. Stop, let's stop this conversation. Okay. Do I sound really pompous on this conversation? But I'm, ask, I'm asking for a clarification. Okay. Because it's, I don't think it's pompous. Arrogant? No, because I see, I know where you're coming from. I think, I, I think the language, and I've read most of your book, a good chunk of your most. book. No, but that's a lot. I read a good I, chunk I, of your Believe book. it or not, despite I, the fact that I, I'm kind of expressing a certain amount of passion when I speak, yeah. I have no investment in changing your mind about anything. Right. None. Yeah. If you walk away from this, or from listening to this, or from being in front right. of me, and I don't, I don't think you're you're, you're 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 not talking about changing minds, but not you're at talking all. about. I don't care. You're talking about the approach. I, if you of if change, you, if you take not a single jot of what I've said and act right. on it, or think about it again, or whatever, I don't care. Right. Because I'm I'm living this. I'm doing it every day in every moment myself. And I believe there's great wisdom in it. And I, that's what, I, well, that, take, that's take, what I'm approaching. Take whatever you like. But if right. you don't take any of it, I, good for you. Go back to whatever you do. And, 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 and again, I hope that works for you. Right. But, but it, <laughs> that's the, the Dr. Phil thing. Yeah, that's what I said to a ton of religious and, and people how's myself. That, how's that how's bucket that of chicken working for you? you know, how's it, it's not. It's yeah. killing you. And that's what, that's what the religion does. So religion will make you feel guilty about the bucket of chicken. And then that starts a, a psychological cycle. So when you feel really bad about it, you feel the badness about it. And then to treat the bad feeling, you go back to the bucket of chicken. And whose fault is that? It's exactly. yours for buying into the whole religion. Yeah, yeah. So, so the approach, going back to whether you're pompous in, in your approach, but it's fine to call me pompous if you want. I, I, I realize I'm sounding a little. <laughs> no, arrogant you were, you right were now. asking a question, but I, I, I get very animated. That, right, I love that about you. No, but, I, but then I start sounding as though I know everything, and I really don't know anything. No, but the, but I, what you're talking about your journey, your I'm, journey I, of change. I, Cash I, Peters yes, has changed. That's it. I am living but, my journey, and, yes. and whether you come on and board, everyone or has to do that. Yes. Everyone has to experience. Yes. it. Yes, you can't just. Put it in a, in a book and expect everyone no. to believe it. I'm at my level of consciousness. You're at yours. What you're doing you do at you your want. level of consciousness, though, is saying, hey, step out. Step out of that circle. Step out of that 
that comfort zone. I'm saying, actually, you know what I'm doing? I'm saying step back. I'm saying um, don't, don't allow yourself to be disempowered by external factors. Don't lose track of the fact that you can empower yourself because you have the power. You have God within. You are yeah. the mightiest, most powerful creature that's ever walked this planet. Like all the other Creator millions of people. Creator of the universe. Have. Yes. It's yes. all inside of you. Lover of your soul. All of you. Are, yeah. Every single person is that thing inside yeah. them. How much you decide to be to live as a part of God is totally up to you. Live apart from God all you like. Yeah. Be, a, be a part of a religion. I, that's fine. But don't think that by turning up at a, 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 a place or reading a book or hanging out with certain people who talk about Jesus all the time, mention God every other sentence, <laughs> right. uh, you're, you're in any way closer to God. You're not. That, that is all external That's stuff. Right. You, the right. more you are, the more you step back, step out of your comfort zone, I guess, but step back into your own power, the more you accept that you are this incredible, divinely connected human form with a spirit inside. Yes. And the soul which has been given to you to guide you through the blueprint of your life. If you can just accept that you are living as a part of God. The more you give that away, the more disempowered you are. Because you are living apart from God. That's right. Everything you do, even anything you do to numb yourself. Anything you do to violate your body. Anything you do to violate others, particularly, which you should never do. But if you do that, then everything is numbing you. Yeah. From this power you have inside. You That's have hell. Incredible. That's like, hell, that disconnection. I think you can choose to live in hell that like you do every day. Yeah. But, but it's, a, it's a, a, a hell with a little age, and you made it up too. Yeah. It's all your but choice. Some of it's trauma, and that's oh, yes, part of what you're talking about yes. too, is getting yeah. into and, trauma. And, and the thing is, we should say, you can't belittle that trauma in people. Because yeah. what people have been through, I haven't lived that life. Yeah. I haven't. It's very easy for me to say, well, you're living apart from God. Right. Hey, you know, and that's I, where religion functions for people, I think, in a way. That they think it's them, a safety net. It's actually yeah. disempowering them. You are already saved because you were, you were born. You were born saved. You were born heavenly. Yeah. You were born with everything you need to survive and to thrive and to flourish in all sorts of different ways. But f- to do that, you've got to bring back the fragments of your soul. You've got to heal those wounds, get out the pain, and then face up to who you really are. And then right. use that to step forward into your future and be the most powerful person you can be. But yeah. if you disempower yourself, live apart from God. If you disempower yourself by believing in stuff that's just made up by other people, you know, it's fine, do it. But you're not any closer to God because God is not out there anywhere. There's, you don't earn brownie points for faith or for showing up on, in a church on a Sunday. It's all inside. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You, you, you earn the brownie points. You get a step closer to heaven, which again is fictitious, but you get a step closer to wholeness, which is actually what heaven is. It's wholeness every time you make the choice between love and ego. Every right. day. Yeah. In every moment. You get, That's how you earn your brownie points. You don't do it by turning up to church on a Sunday. Right. And if only if that is the only thing people ever learn from meeting me, right. then they, their lives will become so much easier. <laughs> That's very true. And then they just me too. Like I would say the savior, the savior language in my worldview is that it's already been done. Like stop looking for the, waiting for the savior to show up. There's it's, nobody it's, coming. It's been done. Yeah, it's there's, been no, done. there's nobody coming. You've already it, got whatever you need. Yeah. It's already inside of you, and you're just using all these. Addiction things, or these belief things, or hanging out with the wrong people things, or watching the wrong TV Functional shows, saviors, all this stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, as a way of disempowering yourself, so you don't have to go inside, unclog your drain, unclog your pipes, yeah. and live as a free human being. Well, that's functional hell. 
as long as we could sit in our club. Yes, exactly. We just, <laughs> just watch TV and, yeah. and, 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 and complain about everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is killing. Which is lower consciousness stuff. Yeah, exactly. Raise your consciousness. Yeah. Cash Peters, thank you for being on the podcast. Was I arrogant and pompous? You'll tell me now, though, right? <laughs> you're, you're great. Was I, I'm so sorry. Oh, dude. I was into apologizing I'm for sorry. being like a complete nerd. I, I'm surprised I didn't say more swear words. Did I say swear you words? You haven't said the word fuck once. I see that? Nope. That's good. That's is That's, that progress? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how long you. Uh, but I, you say I, I, I had. I, I, I've been pompous and arrogant on the show. I mean, I had religious people that would send emails, or there's there's a list of people who've criticized me. No, if you'd like to read a review of this podcast, hopefully a five star review of the ASI podcast, you can do that. There's people. Can I leave one? <laughs> no, I nearly left one. I thought, well, no, that won't be good because I'll be a guest on the show, and it looks like I just, you just asked me to do it. So I didn't leave one. <laughs> but so yeah, that's that's the thing. Is I've had I've had good reviews and bad reviews, and a lot of the bad reviews have been. You know, just my my arrogance, I think, is one of my bad ones. Well, it is, a and problem. I don't want to be arrogant. It is a problem. It, You're is, right. a, it is a problem because uh, I think passion is often mistaken for arrogance, yeah. and um, nobody who meets me, um, but nobody who meets me, um, walks away thinking I'm arrogant. I don't think. They just see somebody who's very passionate, yeah. passionate Animate, and, but animated, al- but also very open to whatever you have to say, whatever you yeah. believe. I mean, I might still go. Oh, come on, that's nonsense. But, I, but, but I'm, I'm totally fine with whatever you believe. Yeah. In in the, in the me band- too, and you too. Like that's why I'm having yeah. you on this podcast. But in the banter of a conversation, I might yeah. joke about it. But actually, what, again, I come back to my original point. Whatever gets you through the night, I have not walked in your shoes. I don't know the pain inside of you. I don't know what you've been through in this life. Right. It's not for me to suddenly go. You know what your answer is? No. Yeah. Nor do you know the answer for me. Right. But I do know that somewhere in what we've been talking about, somewhere in there is an answer to greater happiness and if it's only the choice between love and ego that one thing if that's the only thing anybody takes away from this yeah. then that's been a great experience Yeah, because yeah. that is the truth that is the truth you, and hey, how man, we can act, agree on that. Yeah, well, that, yes. I, think, I think you agree with me <laughs> on agree, everything, actually. We agree a lot on this. Yes, but all yes. the terminology is bullshit. Yeah, it, it all the language is, yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what yeah. it is. It's like, you, you need to, I, I think you need to be spiritually dyslexic as well. You need to not be able to read all those books and the Bible and all this sort of thing. And, and you need to come over to my side and just go, <laughs> you know, it'd be so much easier if I just was at one with, uh, uh, one with God rather than apart from A part of God rather than apart, right. apart from God. Yeah. Well, in my, in, I guess in my, my. You want me to come to Jesus? I know. Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm but not I would. Buying you know, I would say this. I would say that there's a relationship that you had with this being this this God that you're calling. Right. So you've had interruptions. You've had relationship with it. Right. So, so I guess that's what I would say. Well, you're, no, you're using, you're saying that nothing, no, nothing is out there. No, but there's something out there if it's it. if it's interrupting your life, if it's calling you a to Brazil. A relationship is something right? outside of yourself, and it isn't outside of yourself. It's within. Well, you can have a relationship, a healthy relationship with yourself. Some people that are listening to my voice right now need to forgive themselves before you forgive. Well, I'm going to have a problem forgiving you, frankly. I mean, forget about that. <laughs> I'm I'm still going to be stumbling over this for many days yet. What's that? I'm not going to forgive you for a lot until I bring you to Jesus. Um, No, no. Well, whatever. I I, I think you're right. We're talking about the same. Now I'm a disgruntled guest. No, we're talking about the same thing. We are. We we really are. We are. And and, and if you, but you have to divorce yourself from um, the things that are disempowering you. That's all it is. And those are the things that keep you apart from God. They keep you out of heaven. Yes. 
if you live in as choose love over ego every single moment of the day, yeah. you will live as a part of God and everything else. Believe whatever you like. And religion is a great camouflage for ego because it feels like it's spiritual. Yes, when it's not, and there's nothing there. That's my, that's my message. <laughs> Amen, Cash Amen. Peters. We could agree on our disdain for religion. Uh, <laughs> Amen. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Uh, lose, losing my religion was the best thing for my faith walk. As it that continues. one line in the uh, there you that go. one line in one song. <laughs> yeah, I love that. REM. It was a fact that it was a sung in a minor key. I think it was actually the thing. It's a punk version. I would I like better. Oh really? Yeah, it's great. All right, switch that thing off. <laughs> Later. Yes, this is the punk version of Losing Our Religion by R.E.M. by the band, one-man band, Life Lesson, which you can look up on YouTube. Uh, Cash Peters wrote, uh, again, 14 books. The books he sent me were A Little Book About Believing and Naked in Dangerous Places. Uh, He wrote two of those books on travel cashpeters.com if you want to know more about him. Bye. I thought that I-